I was walking through the halls of a Minnesota rink When along came a wild fan who started talking smack to me He said, I bet you never liked the blues until they won a cup and So I calmly turned to him and said, hey man, listen up I admit it's pretty great to win Lord Stanley's prize, but listen I've been waiting for this moment my whole life Yes sir, I'm a blues fan Yes sir, I'm a blues fan Heartbreak's all I knew, man That team from old St. Lou, man Got a cup in here, 52, man Give me a let's go blues I know Arbor, Unger, Picker, Plager, Rab, McDonald, Shock, Hall, Chris Moore, Patey, Harvey, Jimmy, Robert, Sabarin, Berenson, Thompson, Eggers, Hess, Roberto, Pierre, Plant, Jock, Plant, Gossip, Merrick, Grinch, Rubano, Stevenson, Davidson, St. Marseille, McCreary, Leffley, Eccles, Stonehawk, Palace, Harry, Talbot, Keenan, Stanley, Yassi, yes sir, I'm a blues fan, yes sir, I'm a blues fan, heartbreak's all I knew, man, that team from old St. Lou, man, got a cup in here, 52, man, give me a let's go blues. Hello and welcome to Blue Notes, located on the best city on the Mississippi, the best in the Midwest. We still got that Stanley Cup power too sweet to be sour. And if you're still somewhat clueless, yes, we are talking about St. Louis. This is your place for St. Louis Blues coverage on the Hockey Podcast Network. I am Wags, joined alongside by our resident headbanging screamo, fresh off of a Boise Comic Con appearance, Blues Fan Reactor, as we call him here on Blue Notes, uh, Blues Fan Reacts, uh, Mason. Mason, how are you doing today and uh, enjoying your time back home now? I've seen one too many fursuits for the rest of my life, so I think we're okay now. But uh, yeah, I'm so glad that I missed out the last two games because from what I hear, the Blues played terribly. You might have heard wrong. You might have heard wrong. And we will get to that. Uh, Lots to talk about today. But first, we got to pay the bills. We've got to get into this sponsor read. I completely forgot about it, so here it is now. Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all of the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, assist means so much with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineup. Baseball fans, you might have missed out on a season-long fantasy, so now is the time to get in on all the daily fantasy action where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. That's right. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, so we've paid the bills. Now we get to talk about the Blues. And the fact that they might be back, this this team was left for dead just last week. I mean, you and Tom did a show last week where it felt like everything was done. Like, everything was just over. The world was ending. I, I think at one point, even Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan, he actually just interrupted the beginning of the show because we just didn't want to do one. Well, all of a sudden, you know, Monday rolls along against Vegas, and it's a craptastic game. 
it was a 6-1 to loss to the Vegas Golden Knights. Billy Huso didn't look great. He gets pulled. The team just looked completely lackluster. And you're like, okay, that's it. Trade deadline is in a week. Fuck it. We're done. Then all of a sudden, something changed. I don't know if it was the, the change of practice, whether it was the benching of Mike Hoffman. I, I just don't know what it was, but they came out on Wednesday night and just looked stellar. Jordan Bennington looked like he was 2019 Jordan Bennington. The glove was working. They beat the Knights 4-1. to one. It was just a, a phenomenal game. And you're like, okay, one game. They got hyped up, what have you. Then Minnesota comes along, a team that they're chasing for third place. They blow them out 9-1 to one on Friday night. Who saw that coming? And then Saturday night's game was just another epic game with Mike Hoffman drawing back in the lineup. I, I know you didn't get a chance to watch the last couple of games, but just from everything you've read and seen and heard, what is this Blues team now all of a sudden? Well, I mentioned in the like the Twitter group chat that me, you, and Tom have. We're like, okay, I hear the Blues are doing pretty good right now. It's 5-1. Uh, are they as good as the score reflects? And you're like, you know, aside from one shift, they've been controlling the play of the game. And it's like, oh, great. So glad I'm in a car in the middle of fucking Idaho. But, like, it would have been a really fun game to watch, not just because, you know, we want the Blues. We obviously want the Blues to show up on every single night. But they did it in this fashion. They did 9-1. Like, we literally handed the Minnesota Wild their best, their biggest loss in their entire franchise's history. So I, it, it sucks that I missed that. But it, it put me in a little pickle because it's like this, this, this team is – it has been underwhelming in every sense of the word since game two of the season. So why now? You know, why, even though they played so good against the Knights and Jordan Bington had his best career game and he said in the post game, we're coming. And I was like, why the fuck did you say that? Why did you say that? Everything about the season has shown us that you are not even close to capable of going for a late playoff run. And then of course, nine, what very next game. And then, you know, and then they played them again. We're like, oh, Minnesota's going to cream us this time. They're not going to let that happen again. We freaking won again. We we won. We've, we're on a three-game winning streak against Minnesota and Vegas. Like, halfway through the season, you wouldn't have been able to say that, you know, we thought that would happen. You know, last week, we wouldn't have been able to say that we have. You saw that last show. We were pissed. Me and Tom literally entered the show just going like this. Like, we're like, oh, my God, we're fucking done. We're fucking done. And so we, we we didn't want to talk about hockey, but we did. And we, we, we talked about realistic scenarios. Like, what would we do at the trade deadline? Do we just, like, sell everything? Do we just call the season a wash? And we're like, yeah, we should. You know, it's the most, you know, it's the most logical solution. We're not good, you know. And then they do this. And, you know, they, they let it, they make, they give us such high hopes in the beginning of the season. They they just like lay us down gently. They're like, lay us down gently. We're not good. We're not good. And then everyone's like, okay, fine. You're not good. Fine. Uh, we admit you are not good tank. And then they go, just get it. We're good again. So it's like 14 it's, years watching hockey and they keep finding ways to surprise me. But it's the MO for the Blues though. I mean, this is how they have been. I mean, if you go back to, you know, the, the late nineties, early two thousands, when they had teams that were just so dominant, they won the president's trophy one year and then bounced out in the first round by San Jose. It's just what this team does. You, you fucking had the great one on your team in 96 and you couldn't get past your nemesis in Detroit. So it's not something new that this team and this organization does, but I, I kind of want to go back to your, comment about Jordan Pennington and his yeah we're coming comment after that game and see I'm of the reverse opinion I, I thought it was phenomenal because it had that same vibe from him when he when he said do I look nervous 
Mm-hmm. That, that's the whole thing. Cause at that point that the blues weren't playing well at that point either, they hadn't given us any indication that they were going to go on a run or anything like that. We had no idea at that point who Jordan Bennington even was. Yes. We've got a little bit more insight into what kind of goaltender he is and really what this team is. It's a good team, not a great team, but after that performance, you know, yes, they gave up 50 shots, but they had four lines rolling consistently. Jordan Bennington's glove was just on fire. He was stopping pretty much everything thrown his way. I liked it. I thought it basically showed that he had the fire back. It mm-hmm. felt to me like the team had that fire back. And they just they went out and then they demolished Minnesota. And, and you're, to your point, I thought the same thing about Saturday's game. I'm sitting here going, Minnesota, they're not. I mean, Friday night, they let us have everything from the dots in. I mean, there's nobody in front of the net. And, and the goalie capping and they were just abusing that blocker side. Every single goal, for the most part, seemed to go to the blocker side. So I'm thinking, yeah, Minnesota's going to tighten it up. They're going to be it's be a tight checking game, and, and they'll probably end up winning. And then they, you know, they jump out to the one nothing lead, and you're like, okay, here we go. It's it's not the same. Robert Thomas is out again with the, with the potential concussion. It's just it's not going to go well. And then lo and behold, it's Mike Hoffman of all people that gets this kind of this game rolling. You know, he he scores on the power play, which what color me shocked. Mike Hoffman on the power play works. What what's that all about? <laughs> yeah, shocker! I know foreign concept. <laughs> like, what? Why? Where has this been the entire season? But he scores on the power play, and you're like, okay, now we got something going. And then another late minute goal at the end of the second period by Matt Dumba makes it kind of crushes you because it, it, it's like the Blues have been playing at least decently well in that second period, and they give that goal up, and you're just like. Oh no! Uh, this is this is a lost cause. You go through the third period. The third period flew by, and you're and nothing was really going on. And you're like, yeah. Then once again, here you go, a six on five opportunity. For some reason, the Blues all of a sudden are phenomenal at six on five. And here's this Mike Hoffman character again coming in, taking a slap shot, goes off a of Matt Dumba's ass. So Dumba actually scored two in a row, but the the Blues tied up with two seconds to go. And then you get into overtime, and the last time we had overtime on that ice was against Anaheim, and the Blues didn't even touch the puck in that overtime period. And Anaheim ended up winning that game. The Blues dominated overtime. They they kept going in waves. I got to wave watch after overtime. wave. What's that? I got to watch it. I got so, to so yeah. See, we we stopped at a restaurant when it was when once it set once it once Mike off inside the game. I told my boss like we're pulling over right now. And I'm watching this. <laughs> So, and he said, okay, okay, that's fair. Cause he was hungry and he's like, yeah, let's go get Mexican food. And it was like, the burrito's terrible, but you know what? It was, it was a dang good overtime. And yeah, I got to see it on a full five pixels on the screen. The Wi-Fi was so bad, but I get to, you know, I get to, I just watch the ref where he goes like that or that. And I saw Riley's hands go in the air and I'm like, how in God's name did he score that? And so I had to wait at home to see how that actually went in. And it was just a beautiful backhand shot because if you would have looked at it, all you saw was like this one little blue pixel going around this little 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 white pixel right there, and then all of a sudden he puts his hands in the air, and I'm like, "Wait, what? How did how did that go in?" And then so, but yeah, he perfectly placed that. It doesn't look like the goaltender was in his position at all. He was probably expecting a pass over to whoever was on the right side of the net. Barred out, Blues win. It's like it was crazy, and you know I find a little bit of humor in knowing that the Blues didn't have a single lead that entire game. It just it kind of cracked me up a little bit. But you know, despite us, you know, kicking ass, you know, obviously scoring four goals in the second period in the nine-one game, uh, you know, the Blues second periods in these last three games have been awful. 
you know, other than, you know, obviously the 9-1 route. You know, they just haven't been good. And it's been kind of like that the whole season. But if you want to, like, really turn some heads, like right now I'm sure they turn some heads after the 9-1 win. And even after the Vegas win, you know, you got to play better in the second period. It's 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 an It's been an absolute killer. And part of the reason why I think the Blues are so good on 6-on-5, it's another tangent, but – Part of the reason is because they have so much fucking practice at it because they're down all the time. They're down going into go, like late in the third period. They have so much practice with that. They know exactly what to do. So I think that's half of it, which whatever, I guess. Well, you also make the point of they have to practice at it, but they have an extra attacker out there. So how come their power play isn't better than it actually is. That's the other part because you have success six on five. Well, it's because you have an extra guy. Yes, there are more bodies. There's crowding and all that stuff. But actually, I thought that would make it more difficult to score goals because there are so many more bodies mm-hmm. out there. It's hard to get pucks through. So why is the power play not as successful as it could be? Because they still have all of that talent out there. They've got good, talented players, and yet they just can't seem to get the power play really clicking consistently. And that's the thing that surprises me, too. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, the other thing is both of us have played hockey. You yep. still play. I've played forever. So a part of the thing is if you're on the other side of a six on five, you're overwhelmed is the other thing. You start making big mistakes, you know, because you're trying to get the puck out. You know, you're, you're, you, you, it gets very overwhelming very quickly for not only the goalie, but every single player that's on that ice. You're trapped in your own zone. We're like, we got five guys. We should be, you know, getting it. It's the empty nets literally right there. Why can't we score on that one empty net? And people wonder why, you know, oftentimes it's about 50 50 on six on fives and why it works out for some teams and doesn't for others, you know. It's a matter of ha- it's a matter of overwhelming. It's a lot. It's very psychological in that effect. It really is because you would think, like you said, you have five players on the ice. There, there's less ice to cover in a sense because they're the sixth guy out there for them. So you've got essentially eleven skaters in the mm-hmm. zone. So the puck is more than likely going to go out. But yeah, it feels like there's like a desperation mode that you get into that you can sit here and sit back and talk about. It. You could sit there on the couch and say. Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? But being actually out there and in it, there's just something about that final minute, especially if you're at home and you hear Tom Calhoun's voice going down one minute to go in the third period. It, it, it's that it's the longest minute in your life. Mm-hmm. And if the, the other team is able to kind of whip that puck around, you do. You get frustrated. You get aggressive. You get just out of your element and you stop playing sound defense and you're just trying to get the puck out. And, and it seems like that happens for every team. It's not just the Blues, but the Blues, for some reason, find a way to, to make, get it done offensively when that situation rolls around. Yeah, well, it's a, the other thing about it, too, is you get gassed easier, too, because, you know, you look at the clock. It's like, okay, there's 45 seconds left. I'm going to make this play. And then, you know, you're focusing on your guy and following him for a minute. You're circling all over the ice. And you look back at the clock, 40 seconds left. And I'm like... Wait a minute! Like time just goes so so much slower when there's the final two minutes of a game that you're ahead in. You know, it's 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 one of those weird things in, so- in hockey that I just don't understand. And the other one is you know tipping the puck. Like how in the hell did he get a stick on that kind of thing? But yeah, it's just time dilation. It does. It's the one place where physics just doesn't apply. Is the final minute of a game? <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing, especially if you're if you're the one that's. Uh... Tra- chasing the game a little bit it gives you a little bit more opportunities. Oh, yeah. uh, it but it, it does. It really does. But uh, the one thing that the Blues did do over the last couple of games really was to get back to that K 
consistent four line offense. You have guys from the top to the bottom getting opportunities. I mean, Kyle Clifford is getting opportunities. You, you had Jordan Cairo down on that fourth line. Ryan O'Reilly's line. Schwartz is scoring again. Shen hasn't gotten a, a goal recently, and he's he's right there on the doorstep. But you know he's getting opportunities. Vlad's getting opportunities. Sammy Blay's scoring. Zach Sanford is scoring. I mean, you're getting guys that you need to be productive, and they're being productive right now because they're hemming teams in their own zone they're cycling the puck and they're doing that four lines consistently is this something that you see that they're gonna be able to do for the rest of the season or are we just seeing the aberration gosh i don't know <laughs> i mean you know i mean the blitz just left so many questions unanswered still like okay can they still make the playoffs we don't know. Here's a 9-1 ass kicking, and then, oh, here's us getting outplayed by the Minnesota Wild in the second period of the very next game. It's like they, they give us mixed messages, so it's really hard to tell, you know, like what are they capable of? Like, genuinely, what we won't truly know what this team is capable of until game 56 of the season. That's really true, because they seem to have the same deficiencies that they've had recently. And, I mean, you even go back to 2019, and – it's something that we completely gloss over because of what happened. But the first half of that season, they were they were god-awful. They, they couldn't get out of their own zone. They couldn't play defense. They couldn't score consistently. And then they, they go on the run. And even though they won the cup, if you go back and you watch some of those games, they were still having those issues. They still had trouble getting the puck out of their own zone. They still had momentary lapses on the defense. They still couldn't score goals at times. And it's just been a consistent problem that's played them for year and year and year. And then you go out and you lose your your best defender in Alex Petrangelo. He goes to Vegas. You know, we talked about this uh, on Monday night. Me and my brother were at the game and we were talking about it because Petro was playing. And it's like, if you go into the corner with Alex Petrangelo, when he was at the Blues, you never had a fear that that puck wasn't coming out of Petrangelo's stick. Mm-hmm. Now that he's not here, is there a player on this team that you can sit there and say confidently that when he goes back into his own defensive zone to chase a puck, that he's coming out of that puck, out of that corner, out of the zone every time with the puck. You can't. Justin Falk would be the closest, but he still gives the puck away. So he I does mean, that, and that's the thing. Like you just don't have that. And I'm not saying that having Petrangelo this year would have solved all the problems in the no. world. There's still a lot, but it did give you a little bit. I mean, a little bit of confidence when he was out there because you knew the puck wasn't necessarily always going to stay in your zone. And we've seen it consistently this year. The inability to get the puck out of their own zone, even when there's a clear path to getting it out of their own zone. And the biggest defender of that is, guess who? Vince Dunn. Mm. He is a guy, he, he plays around with the puck. I mean, last night he was near the side of his net and a wild player kind of like swung his stick at it, chipped it right on Huso. And and Dunn had plenty of time to get the puck out of the zone. So is this this is a, this has got to be some sort of mental mindset that this team has that they cannot get the puck out of their zone cleanly. Well, another thing about that is you know I think the Fords would kind of catch on like okay, there's no guarantees anymore. We got to get our asses back to that zone. And so what it does is a it puts more pressure on the back check or the forward check of the Minnesota Wild players, I should say. But also, it helps you reset faster. You know, so when everybody's in the same zone, you can 
get everybody out of the zone just as fast. So it does kind of work to the Blues' advantage in that way. But yeah, like you said, since Petro left, there hasn't been a player where you can consistently go in the defensive zone and see him and go, yeah, that puck's coming off of his stick. He's going to make a good play 99% of the time. Justin Falk's going to be the closest. I think Colton Pareko earlier in the season would have probably been the closest. But, I mean, obviously he's he's still dealing with that injury, and you can tell. over the, even, even after these two wins, I've had people tell me, you know, you can tell he's still kind of injured, so... Yeah, and then uh, I think we should talk about Tory Krug too, because he's been okay. Yeah, he's been okay, but we don't pay six and a half million for okay. You know, he's been he hasn't he's not a liability by any stretch. You know, I'm not going to say you know oh Tory Krug needs to go. We got a no trade clause on him even if we wanted to. <laughs> I, I've been impressed with his offensive aspect, but. I know, I know we have a lot of offensive defensemen, and that's what Doug Armstrong kind of wanted to do this offseason was to get more of that. I want a little more defensive side out of Tory Krug. I was, I, like, I'm not going to say I, I love Tory Krug. I'm so glad that we signed him. You know, he was a good replacement for Petro. He just cannot he, – he, he cannot compare on the defensive side. He can't. Well- Case in point, the, the one goal that Minnesota scored in that 9-1 game on Friday night was off Zach Parise's stick – and it was because he was in the front of the net and he kind of just swung his stick a little wildly off of a rebound from Bennington and Tory Kruger's right there. He had a body on him and yet he wasn't lifting his stick. He wasn't pushing him out of the way. It was more of just like a, Hey, I'm going to lean on you here and uh, you do what you want. And uh, if it goes in, it's good. I don't really care. And I'm then so sorry the, if this ruins your day. Yeah, don't, don't let me wrinkle your sweater or anything like that. And then, and then he scores and, and you see Krug and he's like, what? What happened? And, and not, not, headlights. I'm not trying to put him down because, like you said, he isn't, isn't a liability defensively. He's not. You don't hear his name called a whole lot because he's not getting beat on a lot of plays. And he's made a, a, a few good plays as of late, being able to back check, catching up to guys, stuff like that. It's not like he's a bad defensive player, but he's small. He's a small defenseman. And we, we've seen how ineffective in a sense, smaller defensemen are. You remember Tory Krug for the hit he laid on Robert Thomas in the Stanley Cup Finals. We haven't but, seen that. But we haven't seen – no, we haven't. We haven't seen that with anybody on this team. The, the the physicality of this Blues team just isn't there. And that's the style Craig Berube employs. So if if you've got that style but you don't have the players or the willingness to do that, I mean, our, I think our, our leading hitter, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, it wouldn't be surprised if Braden Shen is our leading checker this year. Your forward mm-hmm. – is your leading checker this year forward. Yeah. yeah. That's just, I mean, that's just not the way it should be. I mean, your defensemen need to be clearing the front of the net. They need to be putting the fear of God into these players. So they don't go into the front of the net. And that's the thing. It's another thing that the blues just have not been able to do. They don't clear the front of the net. Well, they don't get guys in front of the opponent's net very well. Mm -hmm. And then they can't clear their own zone. If you can't do those three things, I don't care how many goals you score. You're going to get a lot of them coming back the other way. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. Do Do you think that maybe the reason why the Blues did so are, or I'm not going to say that they're out of the doing bad stage. We still have plenty of time for that to happen. Uh, hey, look who's here! Uh oh! Finally! Hello! Oh. Hello! <laughs> here comes trouble. Party's over. Party's, Party's over. over. I'm here. We can go home now. No, but I mean, do you posting think maybe- gig lasted 24 minutes, 31 seconds. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's a fast drive. Are you just speeding down that freeway? My goodness. Uh, yes. Yes, I was. I literally just like almost like, you know, Kool-Aid man door through the window or through the door rather <laughs> to get here right now. So uh-huh. there we go. Uh, yeah, there, there, may have, there may have been a window involved, too. I don't know. It was crazy. Softball's <laughs> bullshit, guys. Softball's well, bullshit. I know how thin some of those apartment doors can be. So, I mean, it wouldn't well, be too hard to kick it down. You'll be experiencing that here in a moment. You might be, you know, you might go from blues fan reacts to blues fan uh, silently whispers. <laughs> You know, depending you on know. where you live, because right, I don't, think, yeah. I don't think I don't think you're going to win the popularity contest in your uh, next building. There, I'm just no, probably it. not. Well, hopefully, my next building's in St. Louis. That might be pretty cool. Let's uh, hope. Let's, but like I said, you know, I we we were just talking about how maybe this team, you know, maybe the reason they have been pretty consistently pretty bad other than the last three games is it because craig brube saw doug armstrong sign all these speed-based players that don't fit his mold and kind of adjusted his coaching game because we've seen it out of the you know the physicality element it's there but it's not 2019 stanley cup finals there right so do you think that might be part of that Honestly, I think part of it, I mean, at some point, you're going to have to get it from the players themselves. And, you know, I, I think, you know, a lot of, um, you know, we heard the mantra after every single game, you know, we we just, you know, weren't playing at our uh, uh, best, you know, we weren't in it as much as we wanted to be or blop, you know, just, just the usual stuff. Eventually, after losing seven games, you know, you, you get kind of tired of losing. And this team is too talented to go on seven game losing streaks like like they did. So I just think, I think they just got fed up and they 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 found it within themselves to to the break out of this funk and uh I mean look what happened uh, Saturday night I mean they were down 2 to 1 with about a minute left and uh Hoffman gets his second goal and bumps up his trade stock if he is indeed out of the K out, going out of St. Louis you know maybe we maybe we actually get a second Attaboy. instead of a fourth form now that'd be no, nice you get a second instead <laughs> of a fourth <laughs> yeah well, I, well hell I mean um, Toronto traded a first and two fourths for Nick Felino today Not bad. you know who was who was a great player about 10 years ago so retained too they're paying nothing for him right now exactly Woo! exactly so if in my opinion if Felino two trades in that one if Felino with money covered is worth a first I mean Hoffman can't be that far off right Right. Yeah, that's yeah, what I, I that, you. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Obviously, a lot can happen between now and the deadline. Um, so that answers your question. Uh, you know who 99 was, your thoughts on Mike Hoffman. <laughs> I still wouldn't be surprised if he's moved. Um, I mean, I it's just sad. I mean, it I wouldn't I'm kind of with uh Mason. I wouldn't be sad. He's not my favorite type of player. Um, you can argue whether he's gotten a fair shake or not, but I think, you know, it's it's not just the games. It's, it's also practice as well, you know, and the, the, the stuff that we can't see behind closed doors. Um, there's something about Mike Hoffman and the Blues, you know, organization that is like oil and water. And, well, just, and it's just go ahead, just, Wax. Just look at, you know, anytime he gives an interview or, or a post game or anything. I mean, it, when he's interview, being interviewed by Darren Pang, it almost feels like it's a a, a chore. For him to, to I talk that, about stuff. Yeah, did you see that last? Did, did you see his post game last night? It, it felt like he was eating his looked like he was eating, eating his spinach. Yeah, it really you know? did, and, and that right there shows me that he, he just he's not in it. He's, and I think he is just a mercenary. Yeah, that's all he is. He's he's got a talent that that uh, can get him paid. You know, a few million dollars a year. Um, he is a merc. 
That that's that's all he is. And you know, right. he's he's gonna make a middling team a little bit better. Um, he's not gonna make a great team better. Um, basically, when, when you have to adapt, when you have to adapt your entire scheme to fit in a player and his idiosyncrasies, that's generally not a good thing. You know, you you want that player to adapt to you, not adapting to the player. Hoffman mm-hmm. is you have to adapt to him kind of kind of a guy. And it just yeah. I think that's why the Mike Hoffman experiment just has not worked. I mean, it's I mean, it hasn't been a total flop. I mean, he's still, you know, he's been, you know, if you look at just you know his regular, you know, points and assists, I mean, he's been fairly productive. It's just the the problems with Mike Hoffman are the same problems that we 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 were warned about when we signed him, and that is he's got a heavy shot nothing else he's not a playmaker he's not a he's not a two-way guy uh you won't see him like you know laying on the ice to block shots or anything like that you know which is why i you know respect a guy like you people keep asking me well why why do you like nico mikolo so much you know he's the seventh defenseman he doesn't come in the guy drops on his ass to block shots every game he gets he gets about one or two blocks per game respect Mm -hmm. respect and that just and just mike hoffman's just not that kind of guy well yes look at look at it where it comes from, though, it comes down from the top when you talk about block shots. Vladimir Tarasenko saved a goal last night with yeah. a block shot. He, he yeah. is busting his ass all over the ice, offensively, defensively. And when your top player does that kind of stuff, you better follow suit. And if you're yeah. not, you're not going to be long for this team. And, and I, you see that with all these other forwards, you know, Barbashev and Sunquist, and everybody's out there giving their all, sacrificing their bodies. And Mike Hoffman, while he is a plus five and he's played okay. And mm-hmm. he's just not, that's just not a style. He, he's not that kind of team player. Yeah. I, I am so happy that Tarasenko is not the issue anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he is absolutely not the issue. He's been oh. fine since he's, he's come back. Maybe he's been better than fine. He's been unbelievable. Yeah. He's, he's, he's been, been a lot he's, better he's, than I thought. Solid. And you know what? I, we, you know, I'm going to give guy, uh, the white blues fans some dap here. He always has harped on Tarasenko's vision on the ice. And that play that, that Wax just referenced whenever he blocked a shot and saved a goal when Huso was God knows where doing God knows what, um, you know, that was a vision play right there. He saw uh, the, you know, the, the iceberg ahead and he, he stepped in, blocked the shot. And I think the Blues got a bit of a charge from that. Mm-hmm. When your star players flopping belly first on the ice to block a shot, um, you you tend to get inspired, you know, and and you know even still, who's so? I don't think he played bad Saturday night at all. I mean, he was fine. I mean, he's never going to be again. I think he is what he is. He is a backup goaltender. Um, period. Yeah, from and what then, I heard, he kept him in the game and he did. a lot of the time. He did. So. he did. He did. He made some good stops. I think he had one of the two goals he probably would want would have wanted back. Probably the one the, the first one that he allowed. But there's gonna be two part, goals with Vill- with Villiers own go- net. There's gonna be two goals that you're gonna want back. You know, he's gonna make these some spectacular saves, but he's gonna let uh, something in. They're yeah. like, yeah. That's why you're not a starter. That's why you're not a starter. The, 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 the second one was earned. The second one Minnesota earned. So, and, and, and they would have scored that. You know, there are not too many goalies could have stopped that one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Tarasenko, I mean, just uh, just he kind of remind he, he to me, Tarasenko puts a big spotlight on Hoffman because of the extra things that Tarasenko does, you know, stopping shots, the vision that he has, the creativity that he has. He has basically all the intangibles that Mike Hoffman does not. And that's the problem with Mike Hoffman. Just he has absolutely no intangibles whatsoever besides, oh, he can shoot. That's about it. Jake mm-hmm. Walman can shoot too. And, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. he's 
I mean, he's got a job, but, and and he can skate, and, but and he can skate well too. I mean, Hoffman's, I'd say, an average skater. I don't think he's mm-hmm. bad. I don't think he's good. He's just okay, you know. So yeah, I, I think right. I think it's best that the Blues. I, I I'm happy he scored two goals. I I was only half sarcastic about the trade stock thing, um, but I do think it does help. And yeah. I think you know, and watching Felino getting a first, being worth a first round pick and multiple picks. <laughs> I think that'll help his value, and some teams gonna, you know, they're not they're not gonna see. Some teams gonna be looking at Hoffman's game Saturday night, forgetting about the rest of the season. And say, hey, this guy, woo, man, we got to get this guy, you know, in our top six. You know, what's what what can we give up for him? Oh, we're probably a Stanley Cup contending team. We can give up our first right. rounder. Fine, great, right, right. Terrific. Well, I feel like I feel like if Hoffman were to go. <laughs> You know, to any team, I'd say about 60 to 70 percent of the teams that would trade for him would overpay for him just a little bit, like not a gross under overpay, but not like Buffalo, but they they would they would overpay for a player like that. I feel I feel Hoffman is bound for the North Division for some reason. I think I think some some Canadian team, maybe like Edmonton, for instance, could you imagine Hoffman playing next to McDavid and dry sidle? See, that would be dirty. that would be, be very, that would be very dirty, and you know what? They'll 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 make us regret that trade because they you know Hoffman will get oh, yeah. all the goals. I mean, look well, at they what, got look, Pat Maroon twenty seven goals. <laughs> exactly. Year, you, so. you, you beat you beat me to it right there. If Pat Maroon can get you know twenty seven, you know being on the same line with uh, with McDavid, what can Hoffman get? You know, a fire hydrant could get twenty goals with playing with McDavid and Drysidel. So I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's whatever. I mean, Wax could get you know twenty one goals. I mean, hey. he's. he's Trade me That's up how there. You say uh, he's I'll... one goal above a fire hydrant. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wow. if, if, if it gets me four, five, six million for a year, uh, yeah, I'll stand in front of the net and let them just pass it to me, and I'll put it in. I'm good I with that. Park my butt Absolutely. there, get it off a shin pad, whatever. Yeah. You know, you know the rumors wags that you don't have the intestinal fortitude anymore because you literally had part of your intestines removed. Uh, I think that's bullshit. I think you still got it, man. Well, thank you, thank you. I yeah. appreciate it. And then that's just that's just your precursor to saying uh, we have a trade to announce. Uh, Wags has been traded to the Edmonton podcast for Pierre the Le- rights. <laughs> Pierre LeBrun, hearing uh, Wags has been traded to the Oil Country podcast uh, in, uh, in exchange for Poutine to be named later. So, well, I mean, I'm already what I already got a shout out sponsorship. <laughs> I already got a shout out from a from a, a minor league team, did I not? Uh, yes, so. that's right. The, yes, uh, the, the Colorado Eagles. Congrats, Wags was the tweet uh, last guys. night. So uh, it, it was absolutely for our Wags and not about their own Wagner or anything like that. It's it, funny, it, but it, hey, who, who's affiliated with the who's affiliated with Colorado Eagles? The Utah Grizzlies. That's right. There you go, hey? your boys. Connections. And Connections. you know what? And they're also affiliated with the Colorado Avalanche. So you know. You know, maybe they'll, maybe they'll, oh, still root for the hey, I don't really hey, give a crap. Those, hey, those are all the rejects. Those are all the avalanche rejects. So I'm happy. Hey, if Rantanen goes down again, they're going to need someone. And I heard there was a guy that's just a little bit better than a fire hydrant uh, available. Oh, there's so. a couple of good guys on the Grizzlies, though, because the thing about the ECHL is that they're all the guys that are like, oh, we need to step up our game. So it's a fast league. I'd argue that it's yeah. faster than the AHL. Because they're like, we want our shot. We want our shot. And they're either really, they're all pretty young guys. You know, they got some, they got some decent talent in the the Utah Grizzlies, to be honest. There's one or two players that I can definitely see in an abs uniform one day. By the way, don't don't ever dismiss the ECHL if you're listening or watching right now and you're thinking, no. oh, God, it's the double-A league. I had the fortune of living in Fort Wayne for a couple of years and then living near Fort Wayne for a couple more. And East, you know, the Fort Wayne Comets, 
I just I love their product. I love the fact. I mean, they they are minor league. They as, as minor league as it gets, and I mean that in the absolute best way. Though the the in game product is very campy, very very minor league. Um, but the on ice product, I mean, it is a throwback. You know, I feel the ECHL is a throwback because you have some players there, especially goaltenders that might have actual NHL prospects. But for the most part, you're you're looking about eighty percent of the league not really having a future in you know even in the AHL you know much less the you know, NHL. So what what do you get in place of that? Fights. You oh yeah, it's a fight. It's a fight league. It is a drop the gloves, put on the foil league. You know the ECHL. Oh, yeah. If you love old time hockey and old time and old time fights, go go to your nearest e- ECHL team. Uh, which I don't know where would that be in St. Louis? Probably that'd be like Tulsa. Oh, what's, probably. What's, uh, what's Kansas City? Oh, the Mavericks. The Mavericks. They. Uh, I think they're still the ECHL. I think, I think they might I, be. I, yeah, Kansas yeah, City I, Mavericks. I, are they were they, they were talking about moving up to the AHL for a while, but I think they stayed. Uh, the Missouri Mavericks. Is uh, who they are, Missouri Mavericks. So let's just double check that real quick. Missouri Hockey, yeah, Miz- yeah. Well, yeah, not e- the ECHL. They're the yeah, ECHL affi- affiliate of the Calgary Flames and the Stockton Heat. Yeah, so they're, and, they, yeah, they're- and they play in Independence. Uh, yes, not to be confused with the Missouri River Otters, you know, which I still have their banner from when they played in St. Charles. Long live the Otters. Um, the honors. They they had a lot of former blues on that on they that did. team, by the way. Um, you know, a lot <laughs> of them played there during the uh, um, lockout in the mid two thousands. You know, you had some notable players uh, that that played there. Curtis Sanford, former yeah. Blues goaltender extraordinaire, was like is like Mister River Otter, you know, because he played there for so long. But uh, anyway, we 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 completely sidetracked off of uh, <laughs> as often happens when here. Tom joins the chat. <laughs> Well, hey, hey, you know, you know, I just I, I do what I do here, okay? Um, the violent that gentleman joined the oiler okay. shirt out of here. It's God. not an oiler shirt; it's a Grant Fuhr shirt. It's a shirt. It's this like Don't promotional shirt. From it his, has an Oilers it, logo on it. It's posh, bro. It's from his documentary "Making Coco," which I highly recommend you watch. And he talks at length about his time in St. Louis okay, and how and how the Blues shirt. basically saved his career. So, yeah. okay, I'm wearing a Jazz jersey underneath this because they're they're the one team I have that doesn't disappoint me on a nightly basis. I'll just and wait to the playoffs. Just wait to the playoffs. The Jazz are going to suck in the playoffs, and it's going to be you know PTSD Blues all over again. But trust you know, me, whatever. you're safe. You're safe wearing a Jazz shirt, you know, on a St. Louis podcast because what what's an NBA in, in here in St. Louis? What, uh, and, what is that? Isn't Quinn Snyder the head coach? So I mean, <sighs> greasy, greasy bastard, that Quinn Snyder. <laughs> he is. He is. He is dirty. <laughs> And John is, didn't even think about that. <laughs> he 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 was the former head coach of Mizzou. He took over after uh, Norm Stewart retired because mm-hmm. he was a Mike Shashevsky guy, oh, and, and he God. he had more scandals than Jerry Springer. You know, he still his- has scandals. Are you kidding me? Uh, he, oh I, man, he's on fire right now for saying something bad to an, a, uh, an a another player because of his skin <laughs> color. You know, he said something bad a, a couple of years ago. Why doesn't that surprise me? It doesn't Why surprise doesn't me that a little surprise bit? Me. But yet he yet he fails upward. He you know he you know, he, know. He, he, he somehow like ends the up in the NBA. Wild. Yes, like like the Minnesota Wild, who we are looking up at in the standings still, even though uh, we've beaten them twice. So I guess I 
I guess they are truly the Minnesota mild. Like, where did they come from? Well, the power of Kaprizov and Kakinen is is compelling them. Although we, that's we probably not going to get you far in the playoffs, relying on your goalie and your rookie sensation as good as he might be. Just ask also, Edmonton. Also, I think I think the clock struck twelve on Kakinen's Cinderella yeah. story Friday oh, yeah. when we no, when we blitzed them nine to one. Nine. And was he in gold for like eight all of them? Nine. He was all, all nine. He was in gold for he all nine. He did what? not get Patrick pulled. Roth story 2.0. Holy hell. Hello, yeah, Ashley. Thanks man. for watching, by the way. I know you watched hey, that game. Uh, yeah. Uh, by the way, that was a hell of a game for me to sleep through. I, I, How I, was I the only one that watched that one? Holy crap. I, I would look, have. I would have. Well, here's what happened. I, I got my second COVID shot on, on Friday. And I, the only side effect I think I really had is that it made me really tired. Um, so I, I, I got home of the government tracker too. Well, that, that's, that, I, I have that on my phone already. It's, it, it's, it's fine. It's fine. I'm they're already tracking me, you know, but <laughs> yes, we, we, we are woke here on, here on blue notes. Oh yeah. Very uh, woke. So woke. yeah, very woke, very woke. But yeah, I had my, I had my second COVID shot Friday and I just felt, oh, I'm tired. And it's like, well, the blues aren't going to win this one. I mean, I think that, that, that game Wednesday night, it's just like, eh, I'll just, I'll just read about it tomorrow morning and then I go to sleep. And I wake up and like I like the first thing I do when I roll out of bed is like grab my phone and punch in STL blues on uh, my on the Google. And I see nine to one. I'm thinking, oh, God, the wild really kicked the shit out. Wait a second. It was us that kicked the shit out of them. What? 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 It, it, It was it was unreal. It was an unreal game. And and now I feel that game and then the comeback win from Saturday has put us in limbo. You know, when it comes to the trade deadline, I, I really just I know you guys probably just spent a bunch of time talking about it. Um, I just oh. I, I don't I don't know where you go now. See, I mean, you look at it and there's I think there's like three question marks. Uh, it's what's the backup goaltender situation? Do you have enough confidence in Billy Huso to ride him through the end? You have to figure out what you're going to do about Vince Dunn. Um, is he? going to be the answer on the back end are you going to try and change up the defense and then yeah it comes down to the mike hoffman question are you going to use him as your offensive i guess replacement or are you going to try and find something else i mean i know taylor hall's name's been floated a lot and no even though the blues are not going to get him they're mm-hmm. still no, not playing. but if that's the case the blues still need to find an offensive piece Robert Thomas is out with a concussion. Likely, it's it's an upper body injury, but he's out with a concussion. He was looking great in the last two yeah. games before that. He back just to what he was doing, but you have to find some offensive upgrade. So who is that going to be? So those are the three question marks. It's what's the goaltending situation? What are you going to do about Vince Dunn? And what's the offensive question that you're going to answer? Well, number one, uh, first things first, you mentioned the goaltending situation. I think it has to be Bennington and Huso for the rest of the season, just for cap reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I think you're pretty much married to that that combo, unless you really want to give roll the dice with John Gillies, you know, in the <laughs> AHL. And, and clearly they've not been confident enough to you know open that door yet. Um, by the way, Utica, I think they're still having COVID issues. I, I don't know if they've gotten back on the ice or not. We're still waiting on Joel Holfer, by the way. That's... Uh, we're hoping to get that done here before the end of the season, but uh, they they told us no interviews until COVID's done. So we'll check in on that this week. By the way, uh, and also it's not time for Joel Hofer yet. So no, no, no. That uh, just, you, you, just so have... you guys, just so you guys know, they have played two games already. Uh, they, they did. Okay, they played. Uh, they played on Friday and Saturday. Uh, both losses, unfortunately. 
Gotcha. Any idea how Hofer did those games? Um, no, I don't see it. But let me see if I can get into uh, the the stats while you guys are continuing to talk yeah, about. Exactly. Yeah, really. So I, I mean, if we really think about it, like I think Bennington, if he plays like he has the next three games, easily carry us into the playoffs. Easily, yeah. not because you know he can single handedly put the team on his back, but Arizona's like. Even okay. though they're like not far behind us, I don't have a lot of confidence in them. So your 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 confidence is restored in Bennington. Uh, Mine is. It's three games, okay? It's three games, <laughs> but I I'm a little more, just a little bit more comfortable. I'm not gonna take back that contract. Sucks, not yet. Okay, I'm That's still fair. firm on that. I, I think you're. I am a little way. more confident. You're in a position I think a lot of Blues fans are in when it comes to Bennington. You're cautiously optimistic. I'm ca- so. Yes, I'm very cautiously optimistic right now. But and, when the playoffs come around, who's else not going to start a single game? Mm-hmm. He's not. Even no. if Jordan Bennington gets kicked 9-1, let's say Minnesota for shits and giggles. Un- unless, unless, like, he, unless he gets Nick Kiprios. Oh, you let's know, not and, joke and, about that. And, you know, we, we have to get you know bring in John Casey. I meant Billy uh, uh, Husso in there. Um, right. No, but I mean, he, even if Bennington has a terrible, terrible one game or even two games in a row, they're still not going to put Huso in. He's not even regular season ready. What makes you think he's going to be playoff ready? Well, so. the, the the good news is the Blues uh, are currently projected without the without having re-signed Schwartz um, are projected to have about eighteen million dollars in cap space this off season, which is going to be a, a good enough good amount of money to have in this in the, in this COVID era. To do some things, including getting a proper backup goaltender, which yeah, I think I, I think they There's will do. A lot that. of players I, to resign still, though. Even though we know we're not getting resigning Hoffman if he sticks around, we know we're not resigning n- Bozak. N- yeah, he's gone. We're not resigning that, Gunnarsson. Uh, t- uh, yeah, now, that's nine million. Gunnarsson, that's another one point seven five. So we're almost at eleven million. That you know you're going to wipe off the books. Yeah, uh, but so that, that, still, that's it's bad. it's enough to play with, but there is still a lot of players that you know you need to fill in the gap. So, do am I convinced that the Blues team next year will be better than the Blues team this year? It scares me to say. I don't think so. I really don't. I don't think you can answer that question right now. And a lot of it depends on what I mean. Do the Blues resign Jaden Schwartz or not? And if if they, they don't, if they if they don't, what do they spend the money on? I'm kind of with you, uh, Mason. You know, we, we we kind of talked about this Thursday. I think that the Blues need to resign Schwartz. And, and just, he, he, I mean, is he is he a bona fide super stud forward? No. Is he a very good forward? That's an engine for this team. Yes, he is a he is heart he is a heart and soul guy. You can't have enough of those guys. He produces enough to I I say I, I think his his ceiling should be Braden Shen money. I think that's his ceiling. I don't think he gets any. I don't think he gets more than Shen. He doesn't I get think, more than six point five. Yeah, he gets a raise, but I don't think he gets that much of a raise. If, right, if that well, makes sense. Yeah, like we talked about, I don't mind if we overpay for Schwartz by a million, or even really, or even if we yeah. overpay for him for two million more. I still don't mind because he's just such a key player to this team, and I yeah. think that's going to bring him a lot of leverage into the into you know discussing those contract negotiations. But even still, like I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he'll do it. I don't no. think he'll use that to his advantage. I don't well, think he will. He let, me pos- me as let, that me pos- let me posit this this to you guys. And and we've seen this with uh 
Doug Armstrong in the past, you know, the, the year that he traded Paul Stastny away, the Blues were still right there in contention. He just didn't think this team was going to make it deep into the playoffs. We've seen it in the past with Keith Kachuk, Doug Waite, guys like that, where they trade these guys off to a team that's going on a run and, and they collect either picks or players. And then the following year, that guy comes back and re-signs with the St. Louis Blues. Do you think it's at all possible that Doug Armstrong sits there and goes, yeah, we're on a win streak, but I don't think we have enough to overpass, uh, overtake Colorado and Vegas. Let me see what I can get for Jaden Schwartz with the understanding that he's going to be coming back next year. Do you think that even enters into the conversation? I don't think if you're Armstrong, you like you know start working the phone lines on Jaden Schwartz. I don't think you're actively shopping him. Are you listening if someone comes in and says, "Hey, we uh, we're interested in Jaden Schwartz." Uh, you know, we'd be willing to discuss, you know, you know, our top prospect or uh, our very high first round pick or or what or what have you. I think you at least listen. I don't think you're coming out in the media and saying, no, we're not trading Jane Schwartz. I think you always listen. Um, and it's it, but I, I will say it would I, I have a feeling with with a guy like Schwartz and what he means to this team, it's gonna have to take an offer that knocks Doug Armstrong's socks off to to trade Schwartz. And I think I think he, you know, gets re-signed not long after the deadline or maybe, you know, not. I, I don't think this drags, you know, into long into, you know, the offseason. I think he's back. Yeah, um, I think but, so, too. He, he's an Alex Steen type player. And we've seen we saw how important Alex Steen was to this team the last few we're years. Seeing it now we're seeing yeah. it now. His voice and his presence in the locker room is gone. You know, we, we've we've lost Steen. We've lost Jay Bowmeister. Um, those are two veteran guys, veteran pillars of the team that I don't think, you know, you, you see them play on the ice and they're just, you know, OK players at this stage of their careers. But you don't see their presence in the locker room. You don't see them mentoring, you know, younger players. You don't see them setting the tone, you know, for this team away from the ice, you know. And and I, I, I was I was I wasn't the most distraught when I heard Steen was going to be, you know, retiring and he was done. But maybe maybe I should have be just because, you know, it's obvious that this team has lacked a little something, you know, in, in terms of leadership and poise this year that they had when Steen was around. And if Luke Whitman was listening right now, he would be saying, yes, yes, I totally. Yes, absolutely. Steen's the greatest. He's number one. So, you know, do, do you see you. anybody on this team that, that can fill that role? I mean, Ryan O'Reilly is a guy that works his ass off. He, he's a, a consummate professional. David Perron has gotten to that point as well. Braden Shen is a very vocal player, but do you see any of those guys, any of those three or anybody else on this team that can take what Steen and what Bo Meester and even what Petrangelo did and be able to be that voice in the locker room? It's an, inter it's an interesting question because I think for one, O'Reilly's, I think, still growing into being a captain. I mean, you know, everyone that gets named captain tends to have a bit of a growing period into that role. I think O'Reilly's getting there. Um, Petro took a couple of years to grow into that role, as many Blues fans will uh, uh, not forget. And, you know, they kind of lamented him over that for a while. Um, so so I think I think O'Reilly's obviously going to have to be the catalyst, you know, for, you know, basically everyone else to follow. But um from what I've heard, what I've seen and heard from Braden Shen, you know, I, you know, I think he is a guy that could, you know, maybe stand to be a little bit more vocal. And um, he's definitely got leadership qualities, maybe not full captaincy like we talked about in the past, but, you know, mm -hmm. I think he's a very good assistant captain. Yeah. Um, uh, Schwartz has, has that kind of, kind of ability. I think he's more, uh, I think he's a little bit more quiet 
then you know, I don't think he's going to be a vocal leader, but I mean, he's kind of an engine lead by example type uh, that I think he could grow. As I said, I think he's Alex Steen 2.0, essentially. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. what he's going to be going forward. Um, the fa- but on the defense, I mean, I, I'm having a hard time finding anyone outside of Justin Falk that could grow into, you know, being, you know, filling the leadership role. I mean, I think Justin Falk, uh, he was a good captain in in Carolina for a lot of years. He led some bad teams. Um, now he's on a good team and he's playing well. And, and now he's, you know, got the trust of his teammates. I think he could evolve into that role, but he kind of needs to do that himself. Um, Krug's not a leader. I don't think, I think he's a good player. No. I think, I, I think he's a nice guy, not a leader. Um, Marco Scandella, decent player and play, you know, in two way game, not necessarily a leader. I, I don't see that in him. Colton Pareko, I think he's too nice. Um, I don't think I don't. I, seriously, <laughs> no, you he's, got he's a point. A, he's a super nice guy, um, but I don't. I don't see leader leadership in him. Um, maybe it comes. I mean, I think Bortuzzo's got another year, and then he's probably going to go off into the sunset. I don't see him coming back after next year. Um, so it just, it just, it, it's, it's, it, it's someone's going to have to step up, basically. I think there's uh, players that are capable of doing that. But, I mean, th- this is a year where, again, they, they lost a lot of leadership between Jay Bomeister and Steen. And they need to stay. They're still, it feels like they're still trying to figure out exactly who is going to be the leadership going forward outside of Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, maybe it's Tarasenko. Maybe, maybe Tarasenko, you know, and, you know, instead of sulking over not getting the captaincy, um, you know, maybe, you know, he... He's 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 been playing diving on the ice, blocking shots. You know, kind of you know you know busting his ass out there. You know, maybe he steps up and and actually truly does become a leader instead of just a star that wears the A. Basically, I hope so. I mean, he yeah. he's a guy that has the passion. He has the commitment to St. Louis, and and he's now he's got that veteran presence, and he's gone through the three surgeries. He knows how difficult it is to stick stick around. Like he has all the intangibles. Now it's just a matter of is, is he comfortable enough to actually put it out there and say, "Hey, I want to be the guy that can mentor the next generation." You know, is he going to pull uh, some of these younger Russian players in and say, "Hey, follow follow this. This is how I got here. This is the mistakes I made. These are the things I had to go through." don't do this. Like, is he going to be able to embrace that and do it? I hope he does because he has, he's such a great guy, great personality, a love for St. Louis. Like you, you don't really see a whole lot of, I, I just hope for him that he is able to be comfortable enough to do that. Exactly. You know, someone else that, that I thought might've grown into that role and hasn't is Tyler Bozak. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's been a, he's been a fine player. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not like dissing him or anything like that, but he was an assistant captain in Toronto. But I just I wonder if maybe, you know, being under the spotlight in the Toronto media, because I know he was kind of a whipping boy from for, for them amongst some of their fan base. Maybe he just after experiencing that in Toronto, he's like, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. That's fine. I'm just I'm just going to be a player for the next couple of years. I mean, I I wouldn't blame him because, you know, Mason, you and I have talked about Toronto uh, media and the Toronto fan base. I mean, it tends to tends to wear on you after a while, doesn't it? Oh man, it just it's it's nuts. I mean, you know, we we think that we're hard on the players. You know, Toronto, like every if you blink wrong, you're gonna get benched. So yeah, it's just it's 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 funny how markets like that 
kind of shift you as a player, you know. Tyler yeah. Bozak definitely stepped up to that leadership role when he was in Toronto, came to St. Louis, and I think he sort of wanted out of there because he's like, okay, I want to just play hockey. I don't want to be, you know, bitched at because I bl- went, like looked the wrong way or I, you know, blinked, blinked when I shouldn't have blinked, you know. So, but like to your point, you know, like you said, Krug's not a leader. Scandell is not a leader. Vince Dunn is definitely not a leader. He can't even lead himself. He can't lead a fucking team. Uh, you know, what if Scott Fronovich fills that role? Do you think he might be able to fill some form of leadership role in the future? That's that's quite possible. I mean, I haven't, like, seen enough of him, you know, like in interviews or anything like that to make that determination, and I think it's probably way too early in his career to even think about that. But uh, uh, by all accounts, he's a good kid, and um, he's uh, got a good head on his shoulders, maybe. It, mm-hmm. you know, it, it could very well possibly be. By the way, we would ask Lisa occasionally about the Toronto uh, media and, and the fan base, but uh, he only comes around occasionally anymore, which I, I, I think we broke him. I think Probably we broke we bully him. Yeah, we bully yeah him yes, because yeah. Being, being in Toronto and being surrounded by all that Toronto media, it was the St. Louis podcast that, that finally broke the camel's back. Finally, yes. He, he had to come down to the mean streets of St. Louis and uh, get shown what's up. That's... Yeah, I, I let, let let's go with that. Let's go with that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Oh You're yeah. Well, okay. You reckon if Tarasenko wasn't injured, that he would have the captaincy right now? No. 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 Really? I, I I think he still had the A. Yeah. I think that if he was if he didn't get injured last year, I think he totally would have the C. I don't think so at all. I, and I, and I know this is going to sound very. I guess I don't know if it's going to be controversial or not, but I really do think it comes down. It's it's a language barrier issue. I, I really think it is. I mean, he he's got a. I mean, what, what was the greatest con, uh, comment from that two thousand nine? What's a rub off me? What's a rub off me? What's a rub off me? I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't understand it. It's just the articulation that is something I think is yep. lacking. I mean, you don't see. I'm not. I mean, you see a lot of you know foreign captains. But it's it's not a lot of them. It's it, the majority yeah. of them are, are American and Canadians. Right. So yeah. My logic it's is be a part of that, right? A leader. Well, my logic is you are right. Excuse. I'm gonna. Am I gonna sneeze? No, I'm not gonna sneeze. Uh, <laughs> man, that was, that was what the fuck drama. <laughs> oh man, it was me. It's gonna be, no. right, in it's gonna be right in the middle of me talking. No, but uh, yeah, there are some foreign captains out there. But I'm I'm sure like the language barrier might play a role, but. Bresky, excuse me. That was me. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> a lot of a lot of captains show well, the the whole thing. Actions speak louder than words. Oh yeah, right. You know, I mean, captains they do direct players for sure. But I think what makes you a leader in hockey is what you do on the ice, the little things you do. What, like you yeah. said, like going down to block a shot. Or making a good player, like give it just like giving someone a simple pat on the back. You know, I was, I had, uh, I played for a team where the captain was Ukrainian guy, couldn't oh. speak a, hardly any English, but you know what he would do is you would you would block a shot. The next time he saw you on the bench, he'd give you a pat on the back. It's like good job. There we go. That's how you do it. You make a good play. He'd tap you on the back. He'd tap a stick. He'd do something like that. He spoke okay English, but he wasn't like he he wasn't a leader. He wasn't a leader in the vo- verbal sense. You know, it's the little things that he did to make you feel like you did a good job. It's the little things he, you know, saw you do. He noticed everything on the ice and he let you know when you did something right. 
So, so you say actions speak louder than words. What was your, what was your take on, you know, having our captain be sat on by an opposing captain and nothing happening? I mean, <laughs> oh, I, go, I, 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 I gotta go sneeze. I gotta go out of here. <laughs> Man, no, I, I, I'm totally with you because I think everybody that made the complaints about Alex Petrangelo not being the right guy for the captaincy in St. Louis, they don't understand. Not every captain is going to have the same mindset. He is not David Backus. He's not a third-line grinder that's going to just beat the crap out of people. Alex Petrangelo was more cerebral about his play. He was in the locker room pumping his team up in different ways, and every captain is different. So it, your point is exactly right. Actions yeah. speak louder than words. Sometimes words speak louder than actions, but it's also the way you go about being a captain. You have to know how to read the room and know mm-hmm. what type of player and captain you need to be. And that's what David Backus did for the Blues. That's what Alex Petrangelo did for the Blues. That's what Ryan O'Reilly is doing for the Blues. And that's like that in every locker room across the country. Not every captain is the same. Exactly. And I, I kind of always kind of question whether Tarasenko would actually like that responsibility of, you know, not just being, you know, Vladimir Tarasenko on the ice, but also having the captaincy attached to him. I mean, he seems to be a very good deputy. I don't think he's a sheriff. Mm-hmm. I just I, I just don't think he has that personality. And that's fine. Not not that's every ev- not every great player in in hockey history has to be, you know, General Patton on the ice. You know, they they can just be a very good hockey player. And I think Tarasenko's a very good hockey player with maybe some, you know, deputy ability, but he's, he's not the leader. I mean, yeah, well, he, he's he, a lot like Nathan McKinnon in that extent. You know, he's not a captain. McKinnon's not a captain. He's got the A because he's fucking good at hockey, you know, but he's not, he doesn't have the A because he's a leader in the room. He's just, you know, he's good and he, he deserves something. Like he can't be the captain because he, I don't think McKinnon would make a good captain. He doesn't make, he doesn't like tell people they're doing well. He doesn't like inspire his team. All he really does is just, you know, he, he tells you that, he he speaks with his words. He speaks with his actions. So, yeah, he's not. He's not. He's definitely not a. You know, some technical difficulties or something like that. Like, what are we doing? No, what are we doing? I, I, it was funny. You you mentioned the Jamie Ben sitting on Alex Petrangelo's head incident. Uh, this is my Blue Yeti, um, which I use to record uh, early versions of Blue Notes, but also um, my former podcast. And I actually was at that game in Dallas when Jamie Ben sat on Petrangelo's head. And I went back to my Airbnb, which was a third floor condo, uh, basically. And I probably, you know, pissed everyone in that building off with the podcast I recorded on this very Yeti afterwards with the swearing and the screaming, because I was so pissed off that Alex Petrangelo didn't have the balls to fight off Jamie Ben. Is that you why know, it's bungee cord? It, yeah, you, you well, so there, many yeah, curse words at it. It's it, it. It. This has seen better days. Let's just say that. I mean, this 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 Mike pop filter is like totally like MacGyvered on here. It's ridiculous. But uh, well, I was gonna say, speaking of sitting, I was like, did you sit on your microphone, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> no. That's what I was thinking. Because that's where my train of thought was when you said, speaking of sitting, and you pulled out this microphone where the pop filter's all wonky. And I'm like, Tom, really? Hey, 
What I do in my own time is none of your business. Okay, okay. This is a this is a this is a R-rated show, not an X. Okay, so let's. Are you a fan, you a fan of women X, sitting on balloons? It. Is that what you oh, fan of women sitting on balloons, popping them? Is that is that your thing? I can neither confirm a- or, or deny this. I mean, we can go through our fetishes on a hockey podcast. Oh man, th- this is this Dude, is what's been already hates this, us. We don't have this to. is. This is what, what's going to take us to the top of, of the, you know, if I can point correctly, the Hockey Podcast Network right here. And we're number one because we're, gonna, we're talking about women sitting on balloons and men sitting That's on right. microphones. That's great. Center Ice Brewery over here, by the way. I mean, they're so glad to have their name attached to our podcast mm. now. I mean, we're just, they are just we're so happy. And then I mean, my work wants to sponsor us, too. So that'll be fun. They're gonna, oh, I yeah. My boss is going to have a totally different perception of me after this. So are we going to go into beard fetishes now for the sponsorship? Is that it or what? I mean, yeah, I can. You not, I, I, I got I to gotta have to do some work. You're going to have mean, to do something there. Well, are you allowed to have a beard and food service, though? No, no, we're not. We're, we're supposed to be clearly uh, shaving. So I'm going to have to get like a like a. Uh, an artificial beard. I'll have to get like a like a like a toupee but, for my face. Could yeah, you I actually, was gonna say on Subway they didn't let me have my beard. Yeah. So so if you ever finally you know just flipped your you know Chick Fil A the bird and walked oh, it's out, growing out. Could could you could you I mean could you grow it out? Um, it would take a long long time. Okay, it, yeah, because the, when is it I was patchy at all, it, it is a little patchy. I mean, it, it's it's more so it just goes right around here like in this area i get a little bit of a soul patch and then there's a little bit of gappage here and then a little bit of a goatee um oh, yeah i got that too you can so, see you know yeah. there is hair there but it's so bright white it doesn't even pop up on the camera i want to try yeah. i want to i want to do a full yeah. year without shaving and see what i can make of it and then that'll tell me right then and there if i'm a man or not yeah well you know i mean after 36 years there's i guess there's still a question so you know <laughs> They're, they're, um, it's amazing. 2021 after all you know, you never know. <laughs> I, I mean you know i mean should we call you he him or you know what what pronoun do we need what's to your use? pronouns not pronoun what's your yeah, pronoun, your pronoun. Oh, 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 boy. oh boy oh man and all the female viewers have just checked out we this had is what, female viewers. We did. <laughs> we, really? We had one. I mean, she. I mean, she popped yeah, in and said, "Hello, Ashley. Besides hi, Ashley. Hi, Ashley. Thanks for being a listener. Um, I'm sorry this was your last show. Um, it's, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. I look at my YouTube statistics every so often, and I've had one female viewer throughout the history of my channel. And we know. Oh. And we know who it is. We know your who mom. it is now. I didn't think your about mom. that. Now I know. <laughs> it's your mom. Hi, Robin. If you're watching. Yeah. Hi, Mom. <laughs> please don't punish Mason too much for this show. Don't punish me, please. He's not drinking. He's not drinking either. He's I'm good. not drinking. Hey. I'm not drinking. It's diet. It's Dr. Pepper cream soda, zero sugar, which does exist. That, yeah, hey, we got two now. <laughs> she is. She is. That actually sounds good. That actually sounds pretty tasty, by the way. There um, she is. Hi, hey, Mom. Mom. <laughs> Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. Thanks for thank- yeah. Thanks for watching our show. By Hi, the way, this, this is going to be the conversation that makes the Blues bring back Pride Night. Hey. Oh, is, is, oh, is that too controversial to talk about? Uh, don't call me good boy, Bob. Don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> good boy. Good boy. Uh, here we go. Here, let's, let's, here we go. Good boy. Good boy. <laughs> good boy. All right, you get a treat. You, you, Nobody you, clipped that. Nobody clipped. You want a Mason that. snack? Oh, you want a Mason snack? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So 
I obviously jumped in mid-show here. Uh, I noticed you, uh, Wags, put in this very nice outline for what we're supposed to talk about. Have we even touched up on it or no? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, cool. we were talking about the three-game winning streak and all of that. Uh, okay. We, we touched a little bit of the fact that I actually got to go to the game on Monday night against Vegas. Yeah, your perfect game to pick, Mike. Way to go. That was yeah, awesome. Yeah, right? But, yeah. you know, we, we talked about how there's, you know, fans are in the stands, what it was like, and it was weird. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. It's very weird. The, the piped-in crowd noise was odd it, it really for the most part it sounded like it was raining heavily it outside is. it is so weird it was it was like it was almost like listening to a bad video game yep. you know when i when i went earlier and and got to sit up in the you know kingly suites you know that we had for for a little while um and yeah it, it was just it was weird being in there and and, and there was no fa- i mean there was like a like i think like a hundred first responders in there it was weird you know, watching professional hockey um, inside an arena and you're like one of the only like 100 fans in there. You know, it's it's just it, it, it truly felt like a king. You know, I felt like a, like a like a sheik in Saudi Arabia, you know, watching like a high profile match, you know, just just for myself because I am the sheik and I in DC is DC is my country. You know, I it, it felt like that. It, 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 it was so powerful. weird. <laughs> it made it made you feel power exactly it did it did it's it's so weird but it's just like you know i i know benning jordan bennington's you know a lot's been said in the last week about his swagger you know and and how he needs to get his swagger back and there there's a belief that i think he feeds off crowd energy you know i i think some players legitimately do like mm-hmm. that crowd energy whether they're getting booed or cheered i think some i mean i mean players you know i i'm sure there's p- players like brad marchand for instance he loves being the villain, you know, and he loves getting booted. It just, it, it's, it's just, it, it's, it's kind of a rush for him. And I do kind of wonder if Jordan Biddington has suffered a little bit, you know, not having those live crowds to cheer him or yeah. boo him or really react to doing anything. You know, it's, it's, I don't want to even put myself in the same ballpark as Jordan Biddington, but I've been doing public address for, uh, you know, a few local universities in the past few months and, I did a game, a St. Louis University women's basketball game in Chaffetz Arena. Um, and then I did uh, also a couple more games in Chaffetz during uh, Thanksgiving week. No fans Oof. in there whatsoever. There were maybe like five people in the stands, probably from the university or from one of the teams or whatever. No one in there. And I was like introducing starting lineups and, you know, calling baskets and points and things like that to dead silence. It was weird. It was weird. It was off-putting. I mean, it did take some of the pressure off of being of doing that in Chaffetz, which is which, which was a cool experience. But there was no reaction to anything you were saying, and that's and that to me, it, it was. I didn't feel I was like on the top of my game. You know, when 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 there was no fans. Once fans started coming back, and you started to hear at least a couple yays in the crowd or whatever, it's like finally validation. I'm here. I exist. People hear me. You know. You know, it's no longer the tree falling in the forest. You know, it's and and I think for hockey Is this players, thing still on. <laughs> bum bum bum. Hello, bum bum bum. <laughs> you know, exactly. And I think for hockey players, you know, it's the same way because they're used to playing in front of crowds that are hyped up, mm-hmm. and you know, instead it's just sterile silence. And that's just and that's just that's really the best word I can think of. It, it's just sterile. Even with the fake crowd noise, it just it doesn't work. It does. In my opinion, it doesn't it just, work. It bugs the hell out of me. It does. No, I don't. I does like especially the San Jose Sharks ones. Like, uh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, 
By, uh, it's just so fucking like the, the, it's boring and it's so obviously artificial. Like at least, at least make it look real. Yeah. By by the way, you know what's awesome is uh, winning the national championship of hockey, and the Blues have a player in their uh, prospect pool that is that can now say they are national champions. Oh, Matthew yeah. Kessel, no relation to Phil that we know of, won the national championship last night. With UMass, so uh, congratulations. He he gets to join uh, Scotty Prudovich in that yeah. in that category, who uh, just won it with Minnesota Duluth the uh, the year before. So shout out to Matthew Kessel uh, again. No relation to Phil that we know of, although that would be cool. And uh, I wonder if he I wonder if he actually uh, uh, won that championship wags in uh, less than twelve parsecs. Oh, the Kessel Run! That Kessel uh, Run! Oh, wow, wow! Well, you know, mm. when he gets up here, Star Wars night, it's going to be fun because that's going to be what it's on his back in his jersey. <laughs> it number has to twelve, be. yeah, number it, twelve, it, the Kessel Run. Yeah, ex- I love it. I love it. I love it. He's he, he's going to have four goals and twelve parsecs. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> as 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 a member of the Blues, it's it's going to be so great. Hey, he did lead all defensemen in scoring this year. So I mean, hey, that, you never that's know. Pretty something. And, and I was talking to, to Mason about this before we went on. You know, the fact that the Blues now have you know Scotty Perunovic, who led all players in scoring in his division last year. Now you've got a guy in Kessel who is the leading defenseman in, in scoring this year. That's a pretty good pedigree for this defensive core for yeah. the years to come. Not and you've got for a fifth rounder. Yeah. yeah, you've got those guys. You've got, I mean, Wallman, who I've not been the biggest fan of, but maybe he has a future. Uh, you have Mikula. You have uh, Dunn. Uh, you have uh, uh, Krug. You have Scandella. And I think Matthew Kessel's a left-handed shot, if I'm not mistaken. Let me double check that real quick. Because uh, I was going to say, what does all, all of those players have in common? They are left-handed shots, which makes, you know, in my opinion, Vince Dunn all the more obsolete. Well, if oh, he's yeah. a right automatic second-pairing defenseman. <laughs> well, then, they, well, then shoot. Maybe, maybe he plays on his offhand. Um, you know, because actually, that, that's, that is one thing, by the way, that, that uh, we, we, I didn't notice until recently about Perunovic. Even though Perunovic is a left-handed shot, he played in Minnesota Duluth on his offhand. He played on the right side, so and he's, he's still added scoring. He, exactly. He he. So he's got that in his locker. Please get well soon, Scotty. Um. So yeah, yeah. I just think you know we Mason and I talked a little bit about this last week, but I think Dunn's just obsolete on this team. I I think I think there's too many players like him. Uh, players that won't be arbitration eligible anytime yeah. soon. Uh, or are otherwise signed to long term deals. And uh, players who do not cause nearly as many Mylanta moments as as Vince Dunn does for us. So well, let, let me ask you this: I mean, we were talking about trade deadline and all that stuff. A, does Vince Dunn get traded? Uh, I think that's yes. a possibility. And and just hear me out on this: it's not a name that's come up in in blue circles or anything like that. But I, I definitely think we need to get a little bit more grit on, on that backside. Someone that's that's tall can cut down, you know, gaps and all that kind of stuff. What, what do you guys think about bringing a guy like Jamie Oleksiak from Dallas? Uh, he's a lefty shot. He is a tall player. He's got some physicality to him. We've seen him play. Yeah, yeah, we've seen him play in Dallas. He, he can still, he can put the puck in the net too when need be. But if you do ship out a guy like Dunn and need to bring in somebody that has some, some oomph to him, what about bringing a guy like Oleksiak into this team? By the um, way, if the Blues brought in Alexiak, he would fill the big rig quota. 
Yeah, he would. Because he is also known as the big rig in Dallas, you know, just like just like Maroon was here. Uh, so there's that. I think he's he he's a perfect type of a player for what is illing the blues right now. Um, you know what? The, the, he could provide that spark. He could. I mean, he's he, big he, he's big. He's big. He's physical. Um, he you know can clear the crease in front of a goalie. Um, I think, and, and he's a veteran. He's been he's been in the league. He's 28 years old. He's been in the league for a while. But just uh, you know, and, and and for a guy who's six foot seven, 255 pounds. Um, yes, he's a, he's a manster. Um, he is, he can also cover a lot of ground. He's not as, he's not a slug out there. He can, he can move. Uh, I think he would be a great pickup for the blues. Um, I may, maybe, maybe Dallas needs a third line center. You know, maybe we can, you know, talk about like a Bozak for Alexiak swap that I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate that. And um, I think, you know, I'd even be willing to retain Bozak's salary. Sure. Just, I'd be d- totally yeah. willing Cover up to half of it because Alexiak uh, makes about two point one mil. So, you know, I'd be okay with making those salaries a wash. Totally, I, 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 I I'm, I'm all for it. I mean, in fact, of all the defensemen that are available, because uh, I, I took, I kind of took a look at TSN's trade bait chart uh, a couple days ago. He's, he's, he was the one that jumped out to me as okay. This guy would be what the Blues need. Um, so I'd be all for that. Um, as far as Vince Dunn goes, I mean. I, I think there's a wisdom to keeping him around just to expose him to Seattle and have him be bait for, you know, the basically Kraken bait. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was used as, you know, like a focal point of a trade for an offensive upgrade as well. You know, I don't, I truly, I can't tell you what Doug Armstrong is going to do um, whenever, uh, by the time this comes out, that it, it will be the deadline. This is Sunday night when we're recording this. I don't know what Doug Armstrong is going to do. And it's not just Gosh, because of the lines tomorrow. It, it, yeah. It's, it's not just because of the <sighs> juxtaposition that the blues are in now with their recent good play. It's because it's Doug Armstrong and he surprises us every single year. Like we didn't like this time last year, he went out and got Marco Scandella. Were we expecting Marco Scandella? No. Was there any rumors about Scandella coming to the Blues? No. no he just, went, he just came out of nowhere. Like he just, he just went out. He, out just, he just went out and fucking did it. You know, that's basically what he did. Two years ago, it was Michael Del Zotto. Was anyone thinking Michael Del Zotto was going to be a St. Louis Blue? No. <laughs> you know who I want on the Blues? Michael <laughs> he is, Del Zotto. And he is available, by the way. He is available still. I don't want I'm, sh- I'm, I'm sure he is. And probably <laughs> for the same price that we got him for two years ago, which I think literally was future considerations. I think it was. I think it was. Yeah. Hey. It, it, it's still and he got his name open. on the Stanley Cup, if you fucking believe it. He does. He, it still leaves the door open. Still leaves the door open. Anze Kopitar. Anze mm. Kopitar. With, with whose money? I don't care whose money. <laughs> just bring him in. <laughs> Where's Nick Cronwall when we need him? <laughs> oh, God. Brent Seabrook, come come to St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, said no one. Said no one. God, said I said literally I, not a single fucking person. I, I, I feel a lightning bolt's going to come down and hit me just for even saying that as right. a joke. You with the typewriter in an infinite amount of time wouldn't even string together the sentence Brent Seabrook is the St. Louis Blues. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That, that is when you know you have dropped way too much acid. Um, all right, so uh, I think that pretty much covers any everything. Anything else you guys wanted to chat about? Uh, no, I think we did. I think we hit everything. We talked about the trade. We talked about the win streak. We talked about fans. We talked about Kessel. Uh, I mean, I think we've we've pretty much and, hit everything. And, and now it's just a matter of seeing what the hell Doug Armstrong does on Monday. 
Right, talked about our complete lack of female viewership. You know, I think oh, we covered all the, the bases. Yeah, and, and, me, and, me, and, and me and me and my happy microphone, uh, you know, uh, made, made an appearance. So this has been a pretty uh, pretty full episode. So, I um, um, by the way, um, just want to make a quick announcement before we go here. Um, by the way, Dan Ferris points out there have been enough three team trades with Sally retained from Columbus Blue Jackets as a template for Army. So. True. There's your Kapitar deal right there. I mean, you know, I mean, just, you know, maybe, I mean, maybe he, maybe he becomes a Buffalo Sabre for five seconds before he comes to the Blues just as a way to launder him here. Maybe you never know. That's just enough time for him to lose his love for hockey and get it back in St. Louis. I just, I just, I just want to see the tweet from Pierre Lebrun hearing Anze Kopitar has been traded to the Buffalo Sabres. I, I I want to see it. I, I want to see it just, just for the Bedlam. Well, I'll say this. Patrick Kane has been traded to the say, to the oh, Buffalo Sabres. Don't even say it. Don't Buffalo even say Sabres. it. Okay, Sabres, Buffalo, okay. Well, then his career will freaking die. And, well, and, and probably that's where he punched the cabbie too, right? And, 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 and probably a taxi driver. It will yeah. will die as well. That's where he punched the deck. That's right. Kevin, I forgot about that. He, he's he's coming back to Buffalo to finish the job. <laughs> Patrick Kane, a man is on a, a fucking mission. He's like, we got a two day contract with the Buffalo Sabers, just so I can pop. Taxi driver and, two. Kane punches cabbie. Patrick Kane <laughs> is the Sabernator. Dun 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 There you go, you heard it here. That's my trademark. It's my trademark. Uh man, this this is what keeps King Angus coming back to to the show, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. how's it going, King? We're actually about to wrap up because we have gone to places that no podcast should. So um by the way, just want to let you guys know real quick, uh for the rest of the season and as long as the blues are still alive. Uh, we will be. We can guarantee you one episode per week for the rest of the season. Um, both Wags and I have been very busy lately, and it's been a stretch for us to do midweek episodes. So we we still might do them. They made it. They 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 might just not be on Thursdays. We might do them. You know, like Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, whenever, basically. Um, but for sure, we'll keep our Sunday episodes going for you guys here. But it's just that's going to be the only guaranteed episode of the week. Um, and there will be a related announcement uh, to come um, as to the future of Blue Notes uh, in our last episode of the season. Um, we do have we're, we're doing some things behind the scenes that we want to share with you. Um, and we'll do that uh, after the Blues are eliminated from competition. So uh, just letting you know that is uh, yet to come. Uh, but anyways, I want to thank you guys for listening and watching. And thanks, Wags and uh, Blues Fan Reacts for holding down the fort until I could finally be liberated from uh, a softball doubleheader in Edwardsville tonight. So um, appreciate that, guys. And uh, um, just a reminder, without you, there is no me. There is no Wags. There is no Mason. And I totally just pointed at the wrong people there. And I don't give a crap (laughs) anymore. Um, And there is no Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Tom Franklin reminding you to not be a chump. And Mason, play to the whistle. A reminder that you can follow Blue Notes on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Blue Notes Pod. I'm the voice of the blues, Tom Calhoun. Jeremy Boyer, play us out.
You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Oh, and say no to Hall.